finances, investing, estate and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and with Kathy and Jennifer. Welcome to Finances and Negotiating Benefits at Your Job. I'm Jennifer and I'm here with Kathy. And this week we'll be discussing the fact that it's not just salary that you're negotiating at a new job or at your annual review. So we started thinking about this topic because Jennifer was looking for a new job and part of what she was doing in her due diligence was to try and find what benefits were being offered, not just what salary is being offered. I actually got some advice when considering negotiating salary that you obviously want to negotiate the highest salary possible. Like that should be, you know, that's probably going to be your biggest benefit. But if you can't get that for whatever reason, there are other areas that you can negotiate that you might not have thought of that could still be a really huge benefit for you. And especially that could be something that, you know, if your company isn't offering a salary increase at this time, this is still something else that you can consider and a way for you to still gain something out of the situation. One of the things that is imperative as a young person seeking a job and trying to get your first salary, you do want to try and search for your highest possible salary. This has the implication of determining your salary increases for the rest of your life. So if you start lower, then it will take you longer to build up to where your peers might be versus if you start at a higher rate, you'll be able to conceivably consistently get higher and higher raises. So instead of starting at 20,000, if you start at 30,000, you'll be able to move up more as you get salary increases. And another thing that we realized is that this is not something that everybody does. When you when you're offered, when you have a new job offer, this is a point of negotiation. And, you know, the research has shown that only about 60% of men negotiate and even less women, only about 40% of women negotiate their salaries. So it's something that you want to think about and consider to make sure that you are getting as much as you can in your new position. So besides salary, we have a number of things that you could negotiate that would include your paid time off. So oftentimes companies now will have this PTO paid time off, which combines sick and vacation leave so that employees have choice. In the old days, quote unquote, you had sick leave and you had vacation days. And if you were running out of vacation days and had a whole bunch of sick days, you'd have to fudge and say, oh, I'm not feeling very well. The trend now is to have these paid time off days so that you can just take the time as you need to take it for whatever reason. And we talk about health, you know, being sick is is your health, but really mental health, your vacation time as well. So it's all intertwined. This PTO will often go up as you've been with the company longer. Make sure that your, your paid time off is greater than or equal to your previous vacation and sick days wherever you were, or you know, if you're just trying to negotiate it at your current job. So you don't want to be getting giving up days to be moving to a PTO situation versus what you had at your previous job. And again, we're talking about negotiating your benefits. You're always going to want to try and get better than what you had previously. Make sure you understand your company's use or lose policy that you aren't going to lose any days or are you going to lose days if you haven't used them? And of course, then make sure you're using them, but you want to make sure you know what that policy is. It's not uncommon if you're under a year to get about 16 days, and then that goes up by about one or two days a year. 
Again, just thinking about that transfer from what sick leave is to what paid time off is, you want, if you have a lot of sick days at another company, you might want to negotiate saying, I've had these sick days and I've built them up unused. Is it something that I can trade in and have more days for PTO? You can also think about other ways to use those PTO days. So not just thinking about, oh, I want more vacation time, but you know, for instance, if your company has a really poor maternity leave policy, then this might be one of the only ways that you can get additional pay time off to be able to stay, have more time at home with your new baby. You know, consider your your reasons for wanting more PTO days as well. That's a great point. You might also be able to negotiate hours and a more flexible schedule. So your company might have a set like eight to five workday. But if you feel like you work better on a more flexible schedule, that's something that you can ask about. You always want to go in with a plan with with everything that we're talking about today. Go in with a plan, do your research so that you can back up whatever you're saying, (laughs) because they're going to expect that. They're not just going to automatically say, yeah, we'll give you whatever you want, right? Back it up. You could even request like a trial period to, in a, in a sense, maybe kind of like prove that you can successfully do your work during your own hours. If you think that they will say no, that's a way to possibly still be able to get in for that. You know, the next one is kind of silly right now, but that is to work from home, which probably most of us are doing in general. But I will tell you that if you have a long commute, then that is a benefit to your employer as well as yourself because you're getting those extra hours of your mental health, again, where you're not sitting in a car. But I actually did negotiate some work from home hours when my children were younger and I felt like I needed to be home with them more. So I was able to negotiate with my HR department, leaving work two hours early and then being able to have the kids here at home and I would work at home for those next two hours after I had gotten back home again. So that worked out for myself and my family and it was not the norm at the company, but by approaching them and asking for at least a trial period, they were willing to do it and my boss was willing to do it. Thanks, Mike. It worked out really well for my family. So it's something else to consider. I think many of these things as even a trial is definitely worth requesting. Yeah, definitely. Another thing that you might not have thought of is negotiating your job title. Well, why is this important? Your job title can affect your future employment prospects. Recruiters, when they're looking at resumes, they're only glancing at your resume for a few seconds. So if they either can't decipher your job title, then they may just move on or a really good job title can really stand out to them. If you plan on trying to negotiate your job title, again, do your research on kind of the industry norms and typical titles or the career that you're in. Be ready to explain why it makes sense for you to have that title or what you bring to the role that qualifies you for that title. You can provide your achievements, your education, your experience, and be specific with these things because you're, again, you're proving to them that you are eligible for this. It's also actually a terrific unpaid benefit, something that if you're asking for a new job title, that doesn't cost them any money other than reprinting some cards for you. That's a another option if you're just looking to change some things about your job and, and help you in your workplace that is not going to cost the company themselves anything. Another option is to ask them to repay your student loans for you. So as you're coming on new, maybe you can get them to repay those because it's not uncommon that companies will make payments as long as you are also making minimum payments. You might offer an amount annually and they might suggest that they could also meet it. So what I found was they might offer to pay $100 a month towards your 
current student loans that you have for the next six years or so, that works out to $1,200 a year, which is not huge, but over those six years, that's going to equal another $7,200. So they are helping eat away at your student loans. But you want to be careful because they might not be as excited about that because you're coming to them with this knowledge versus you saying, hey, I'll go get a degree and sort of increasing your knowledge and understanding of whatever your industry is. So it's a possibility they might you know, come back at you saying, well, look, we'll pay for your next degree. One of the other things is that for grad school, if you're going to attend grad school, employers actually receive tax breaks for offering tuition assistance. And so that's better for the company versus they don't get any tax break themselves by paying on your student loans. Again, you might want to consider continuing your education because they will also be getting a tax break if if they helped uh, finance that. Your company might also pay for some professional development for you. And the reason they would want to do this is obviously because, you know, they want to train you to continue your growth in your company. They want to create future leaders within the company. They know that this kind of re-energizes you with giving you new information in your role. You could even then maybe you go off to do a professional development and you come back and train other employees at the company. So that's a huge benefit for them as well. You might need some sort of recertification or just a new certification for something. And then that very well may be something that they would be willing to pay for. There's also many companies or specific departments that have professional memberships to various organizations. And that very well may be something that they will pay for. I know that's something else that someone told me to ask for with my new job, that if they don't offer to pay for this one membership, then you should ask for it because most companies do pay for it. And the benefit to that is the networking, because once you get to be that member, then you are the face that you're meeting other people and being able to continue on with your career as well as representing the company. And don't don't downplay the fact that mentoring is available. It's a wonderful thing to be the mentor as well as being the mentee that you have somebody that you can contact and trust within an organization. It's not uncommon for companies to offer different kinds of financial counseling or planning. I know that where I worked, they would have brown bag lunches and they would offer people to come in and and have all kinds of different topics that were pertinent to the employees that we would sit over and listen to at lunch. But if your company is not doing that, maybe that's something you can suggest because it's a benefit to you to learn about financial planning or personal safety or trusts. So those are all things that you can also ask as a benefit from your company to have people come in and talk to you guys. Mm -hmm. Bonuses are another big negotiating point. And so this could be something that either you're negotiating again at a new job, whether it be like a signing bonus, you can negotiate a signing bonus. You might be negotiating, I don't know if it's like your percentage for your bonus each year, you might be able to negotiate that up front. This is also something that with your annual review, again, you could potentially negotiate that annual bonus at that time as well. A lot of companies also offer referral bonuses if you refer somebody else to work at the company, then you could get a referral bonus that way. So that's not necessarily, well, I don't know. I was going to, I'm just thinking that's not necessarily a negotiation. Sure. If they're not currently offering that, that's something you can at least ask your HR department. And quite honestly, if you are bringing in qualified candidates that are important to the company, they might very well say, yes, please continue to bring us people and let us give you a little something, a thousand dollars or a hundred dollars or something to bring other people in that are doing a great job. There are other bonuses like profit sharing bonuses, where if the company makes certain goals they're trying to hit, that they might share in those profits with the employees, as well as 
commissions. That might be something that you could negotiate to get commission. If you're not generally on commission, but you have brought in some new business or saved them some great amount of money, you could ask for a portion of that, as well as a retention bonus. If you are interested in finding a new job and your company might very well say, hey, you know what? We'll give you this bonus to stay here at this job versus leaving us. We can't give you a new salary. We can't do these other things, but maybe there's a retention bonus in there for you as well. Family leave. We just did a recent podcast all about that. But this is also something that could potentially be negotiated. You could negotiate. And like Kathy said, that your company might be flexible with coming back to work. You know, she mentioned being able to work from home for a few hours when her kids were young. So it might be that you take however many weeks you get for family leave and then negotiate working from home for a while before you come back full time or something like that. So those are all things that your company might be willing to work with you on. Child care itself could be a benefit that you could be talking to them about. For example, there are subsidies that some companies offer that will provide money directly to the employee so that you can spend it on essentially whatever you want. They're assuming that you're going to be spending it on child care, but it's just a, a set amount of money that you're provided. Or they might very well go ahead and pay money to the child care provider on your, on your behalf, sharing the costs of child care with you. Also with your childcare, we're back to you could try and negotiate a flexible schedule for you and your kids, maybe working evening hours versus day hours. And so you would have time for kids and or moving kids around as needed. Many companies have something called an employee stock purchase plan where the employees are given the ability to buy shares of a company stock at a certain discount price within a certain period of time. And then you can sell it for a profit later by borrowing from a brokerage account and paying back with sale at the time of the sale. So my company actually did this. Uh, I worked at a company where they would offer us employee stock and we would then have to wait a set period of time. That's part of being presented the um, employee stock. But then after that time period had lapsed, we were able to say, look, we were issued it at $30 a share. It's at $45 a share. And we're doing a trade that's a cashless trade. So the company itself uses a brokerage account to place the sale and give us the money. So in, in essence, we were kind of just I'm not taking into account taxes or commissions or anything, but using the $30 and $45, using a cashless trade like that through our company, we were just then given our $15 a share. That was a big benefit because, you know, obviously if you're at a company, you're working hard, you want to make sure you're doing everything you can to bring your company stock price up, but you're not necessarily given that. So if it's, if it's an option for you to be able to negotiate that, again, that is a way that the company might be willing to provide you something versus a new salary. Or if you're starting in a new company, asking for these new employee stocks. Mm-hmm. You also don't have to sell them all at once. You might be given 30 stocks or 100 stocks or whatever it is. It could be much bigger than that, depending on your job. But you don't have to sell them all at the same time. You can just sell a few and then keep the rest selling a certain percentage of them just to be able to make that purchase is, is a viable option as well. Another possible benefit that you could try and negotiate, it stands for the Consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act, but everyone knows it as COBRA. And what that does is it provides employees and their dependents the option to buy their own health insurance coverage when you lose your job. So if you do lose your job, then you would be able to buy COBRA coverage the same as what you had at your company before you were let go. Now, not fired, but 
if you are let go for some reason, if you're laid off for some reason. COBRA will extend your healthcare benefits for 18 to 36 months. It depends on the company, but that's one of the things that you might very well negotiate. If your company is only currently offering 18 months of COBRA, then you might say, okay, but I would like 36 months in the event that I'm going to be laid off you know, one day in the future. So again, these are all things that you can come to with your company, either when you are looking for a new job or looking for something that's outside of just a salary to ask for these things. When you start a new job, you're going to be presented with healthcare options. And it's really important to compare the plans when you're making those decisions at the beginning. So there's a lot of things to consider. What are the co-pays? Do you get to choose your own doctor? A lot of companies, you know, they have it set up. You can search for doctors and make sure they're in network. Do you have kids? And how is that going to play into your healthcare benefits? You're going to go to the doctor all the time if you have kids. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> Consider hospital stays, specialist, and emergency services that you could potentially need in the future. That could differ with the different health plans that you're looking at. You will most likely also be offered dental and vision, prescriptions, and alternative medical care. That can vary greatly, so consider what your needs are and compare. Another option that you could try and negotiate for is moving costs. If you're going to be relocating for some reason, then you might want to negotiate having them move you to your new location. And one of the things for this is you're going to want to get this in writing because there are so many things that go on with moving someone. Are they paying for the truck? Are they paying for the movers? Are they paying for your meals along the way? Are they paying for your gas? Are they paying for anything when you get there to the new home? So it's something that you want to make sure that you're not just being told, we'll pay for your move. You're going to want to get as much specificity as possible from them because there's a lot involved in moving. But it is a terrific benefit to ask for and see if it's an option for you at your level. Yeah. And is it money that they're just presenting to you up front for your move? Or is it something that you are submitting receipts for? Because if you can negotiate that, then that could that could change how much you're getting. Many companies offer a 401k match, which is great. And so even if that is only a 1% match, it makes a huge difference over your long-term career. Even if it's only a 1% difference in the match, then that, that's going to make a huge difference over your career. If your company matches 100% up to 3% of your salary and you're making $60,000, for example, that means your employer is going to contribute $1,800 a year towards your retirement. But you have to also be putting in $1,800 for them to match that. So if you're only putting in $1,000, even though they'll match up to $1,800, they're only going to match your $1,000. If you put in less, they will put in less. Yeah. So that's why it's really important to, well, that's why if you're able, you would want to max out your 401k contribution to the amount that they're going to match. Because again, if they're going to match to a certain amount, you know, that's money that you're getting from them. You want to get as much as possible. You can think of this as a guaranteed doubling of your money, basically over your career that will grow into your retirement. And it's going to help you out. If somebody's saying to you, if you give me a thousand dollars, I will also give you a thousand dollars. 
it almost doesn't make sense to walk away from that. Sometimes there's, it is not possible to put in your company's matching percentage and there's going to be circumstances for that. But realize there's almost nothing you're going to do in life that's going to give you 100% of what you're putting into it. You're not going to get that in the stock market. You're not going to get that in bonds. You're not going to get that in gold and silver. So if you can put in at least what they are willing to match, then they will give you that same amount. And that's a terrific value at getting 100% free money. Remember, you want to try to aim for a total of 15%, but make sure that if you have the opportunity to negotiate that up at all, if they're already currently offering 3% and you have the opportunity to ask for 4%, then that could also be a negotiating point. Some other things to consider are commuting costs. Your company might reimburse you if you have a long commute, whether that's gas money, other transportation costs, like if you have to ride the metro every day, they could potentially reimburse you for that or parking costs if you have to pay to park at your job. They could also provide a phone, a work phone for you, additional insurance or health and wellness plans. So those are just some other additional things that you could potentially negotiate. It's not even uncommon, depending on your job, maybe they don't provide the phone, but at least they pay your phone bill, right? So that's a possibility of, again, something that you could certainly ask for. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about like this, this big list that we just gave you. And, you know, obviously you're not going to go in and ask for all of these things in your negotiation. (laughs) So you want to think about what is a priority for you and what can you back up when you're presenting this information to them? What can you defend so that it's likely you will get some of the things that you're asking for? Thanks for listening to Finances and Negotiating Benefits at Your Job. We know you chose to listen and we are grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share and consider leaving a review because it helps us to bring financial education to others and lets them find us more easily. Please let us know what questions you'd like answered by going to our website at financesand.net. We're planning a listener episode and we would love to have your questions. You can now find infographics on these topics on our website and here in the show notes. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice and nothing in this podcast is is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school so you don't have to. 